45 Years of the Rockford Files, revised third edition. The complete history of the Rockford Files on television, now completely updated with more than 20 new interviews, additional photographs, and a whole lot more. 45 Years of the Rockford Files, available now at rockford45.com, rockford45.com. Hi, this is Perry Gilpin, and you're listening to TV Confidential. The Dean Martin Celebrity Roast, coming to you from the MGM Grand Hotel in the entertainment capital of the world, Las Vegas, Nevada. We're talking to Bob Mills, staff writer for Bob Hope from 1977 through the early 1990s. Bob's book, The Laugh Makers, is a behind-the-scenes tribute to Bob Hope's gag writers that also takes you back to the bygone era of the network variety show. The Laugh Makers is available as a softcover paperback through Bear Manor Media and Amazon.com. It is also available as an ebook for Amazon Kindle as well as as an audiobook through Audible.com. You mentioned Bing a little while ago. Bing Crosby, of course, Bob's co-star in all the the road pictures. Uh, Early in our conversation, Bob, you mentioned that you wrote for Dean Martin before you wrote for Bob Hope. You're telling me off mic, Dean idolized Bing Crosby. Yeah, he did. He he, uh, tried to sing like him when he first started, and that's why he was a crooner rather than a straight singer more. Sinatra was thought of more as a straight singer, mm-hmm. and the Bing and uh, and Dean were crooners. But it's funny you you mention that because uh, working on the Dean Martin roast, you remember the roasts that we used to do them in. Uh, Absolutely, in, those the, you know. uh, the last couple of years, the Dean Martin show is pretty much a roast every week. Yes, well, uh, the the variety show uh, they did the roast as kind of a sketch one time. Mm-hmm. And then it broke away, and when he stopped doing the variety show, he kept doing the roast because it was easy for him, and we would go up and uh, shoot six of them for the whole season uh, in one weekend. We'd do uh, three on Saturday and three on Sunday, and we have all those stars in the hotel at the MGM Grand where we were, and uh, the producer, Greg Garrison, would put us all up in these fabulous rooms, you know, Mirrors on the ceiling mm-hmm. and <laughs> beds in the shape of a heart. I don't know why, but <laughs> anyway, this was the old MGM Grand, yeah. and I think uh, they tore that down, and now the new MGM right. Grand is bigger and uh, taller and everything. But th- this was big enough for us, and we did it in the big ballroom there. And um, those shows were great for me because that's when I really learned the art of putting words in famous people's mouths, and that's the key. If you can learn how to do that, uh, then you're worth something because uh, think of all of the shows that require. That, that's why you have um, uh, award shows mm-hmm. that are very often dull because they, they don't have the time to write the spots so that the dialogue makes sense right. and is amusing if, and or, has or, jokes or fits in the it, personality of the person yeah. saying so the words. A lot of times it's forced and the, the two people had never met and, you know, they have to say these words off the card and then it's obvious that's what they're doing off the teleprompter. Cards, we go back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the, uh, the D. Martin roast was great because you had about uh, two to three days to do a spot 
and every word that was on that show was written by the staff of ten guys. There were five teams of two. And uh, except for Don Rickles and uh, Jonathan Winters, those two were immune, and we would just uh, come up with concepts for them, make them a character of some sort or something like that, and then they would go off uh, and they could just improvise. Right. But the rest of the people, you put words in their mouths, you know, and it taught you to think in different terms. Uh, for instance, just a couple of days ago, Dr. Joyce Brothers passed mm-hmm. on. Well, she was on the Dean Martin Roast a couple of times. And uh, when I first started, my partner and I were the newest kids on the block. So we would get guests like Dr. Joyce Brothers. Well, <laughs> You know, the other guys would get uh, Frank Sinatra, <laughs> Bing Crosby. So well, you got to you got to work. That's right. Work you work your way up, your way up chain, to right. actual people in show business, yeah. but uh, you you have to make Joyce Brothers um, funny. Uh, well, at least amusing. <laughs> yeah. You know, <laughs> funny might be a, a, a bit of a, a stretch, but at least amusing and not embarrassing. You're so, right. and so that seems natural coming from her. And that's right. Really and so that it doesn't seem show, like right. we're just forcing words into other people's mouths, you know. Greg Garrison was very careful about that. We would uh, have the guests come over and we would show them what we're doing and so that they could uh, approve of things. We didn't want to do anything that, and Hope was even more so like that, wanting the guests to be very comfortable. But it was funny because uh, we had Jaja Gabor on a lot. And invariably, we would get up to uh, Las Vegas, and we'd have gone over the spots with all of the guests, and everything was ready to go. We'd all get up there, and Harry Crane, the head writer, would come in, and he'd say, oh, Jaja's getting cold feet again. Bob Mel, he's the guy I worked with, Mel Crane, said, go down, uh, Mel Chase, go down uh, and uh, talk her back into the spot. <laughs> so it was all psychology. You know, uh, these people are like, uh, especially actresses and uh, people who are in the movies a lot, don't have a, a regular show. Uh, it's kind of new for them to come out in front of a room full of strangers doing jokes. Mm-hmm. There's something about that that you, you kind of put it all on the line. And they're like anybody else. And Zsa would get cold feet. It would it would read all right in the office. Then we'd get up to Las Vegas and she'd see that crowd out there and she'd think, this stuff isn't funny. So we would have to go over each line. So we would go down and say, Zsa Barney, Barney also worked on the Dean Martin show. So Barney's doing the cards and say, Barney, put up the first card. Okay. What's the matter? Well, let's see. Oh, it says diamond. Uh, that too much. You talk too much about diamonds. I said, well, that's your image, Joshua. <laughs> you know, uh, people love you for. Okay, I guess you're right. Yeah. Okay. Next card. So go all the way through. Of course, make no changes at all. Just convince her that the feeling that she had in the office should be transferred up here to Las Vegas because it's the same material. Mm-hmm. Only now there's going to be some people there judging it, <laughs> other than us. Yeah. So there was that challenge and. It was not only fun, but very educational, because after a while, you're writing for such a wide array of people. We would have Orson Welles on. You might write a spot for Orson Welles, and then the next uh, guest might be Howard Cosell. Well, they don't speak anywhere near in the same way. They they just uh, sound very differently. 
and think different. And, and you kind of have to crawl into what would Howard Cosell say if he wanted to be funny? Think like that. And that was the key to it. And that taught me how to do that. So after I'd done a couple of seasons on the roast, a friend of mine had been uh, working on Bob Hope's monologues as a stringer for mm-hmm. a long time. And he recommended me and because there was this opening coming on the staff. And so uh, Gene Parrott, God, God bless him because he turned out to be my mentor, you know. He uh, recommended me. And uh, so... I uh, I went over, and no, I, I was working on the roast still, and Harry Crane, the head writer, came in and said, Bob Hope wants to talk to you. And I said, oh, oh, okay, what did he call? Yeah, he just called called the office. And I said, okay, I'll stop by his house. It was on very near my house on the way home. I used to ride my bike mm-hmm. to it, gas prices, you know. And, uh, well, this was the 70s. This was, yeah, <laughs> the gas shortage. So... Um, <laughs> I uh, thought, well, I'll just stop on the way home. No, no, you go now. And I said, oh, I'm, I'm working here. And no, Greg, Greg said, you can go now. Bob Hope gets to get you anytime he wants. So I drive over there. And he says, uh, I'm just uh, looking at some of your material here, and I think you'd fit in on the show. And uh, uh, w- would you like to work on the uh, Bob Hope special? I said, gee, I'd love to, Bob. Now, first time I ever met him, I'm looking at him. Mm-hmm. It's like... I'm talking to George Washington or something, you know. <laughs> it's like this statue that you've seen in movies and stuff, bigger than life. And here's he's just a, a man like anybody else and he in his sunroom there over in Toluca Lake. And so he says to me, uh, how much uh, do you have left on your Dean Martin contract? And I said, about six weeks. He said, well, in the meantime, why don't you just work on my stuff in the evenings? He turns to Elliot Kozak, who was standing there, says, Make make the deal and uh, put him on staff, and uh, he, he can work my material in the evening. I thought, evenings? I've got two jobs now. <laughs> so I go home and I say to my wife, he just won the lottery. This is like, uh, this is unreal, you know. I've been in the business at this point five minutes. <laughs> I leave, leave the law business and then get into something that's like a fantasy world. Yeah. I mean... The Dean Martin show was only the second show I'd ever worked. I did uh, the Dinah Shore syndicated show, mm-hmm. but not not too long, and about 13 weeks, I think. And uh, so I was relatively new to the business, relatively new. I was brand new. And uh, so uh, here I am working for the two leading NBC guys. Mm-hmm. These are big stars, you know. And I'm pinching myself saying, why didn't I do this sooner? <laughs> Because I'm 40 years old at this point. You know, I'm getting a little up there. But Hope's staff uh, by that time. Yeah, but you, you were, were, you, were the, you were, you were like, you're like a teenager compared to some of the other I was, people. yeah. When I, when I started, uh, Gig Henry was in his, uh, late 60s, early 70s, and Charlie Lee was about 70, 72. And, uh, they had been with Hope a long, long time. So I was, relatively speaking, the kid. <laughs> they call me the kid. You know, give it to the kid. And I was new in the business, and so, uh, and, and comedians refer to, to this day, they refer to writers as the boys, mm-hmm. even though there are a few women once in a while, although in this period, there were very few. We had one uh, full-time staff writer, and she came very late. She came with Hope about 1986, I think, something like that, named Martha Bolton, mm-hmm. and she worked uh, with us for the uh, final uh, years of Hope's television uh, 
career. And I think at the right time, she was a little softer. Uh, she brought a little more softer sensibility to somebody who was now getting up into his 80s, you know. You can't be that smart, wise-cracking, gum-chewing guy that we uh, had created mm-hmm. over all those years, you know. So uh, she she was good for him. But um, it, it was pretty much a, an old-boy network, and uh, especially back in radio, there were, there were one or two uh, gals who wrote and uh, made a living at it, but uh, few and far between, you know, mostly writers. Mostly Jewish guys. Too. <laughs> and I'm not Jewish, so. <laughs> We're talking to Bob Mills, staff writer for the Bob Hope Specials, and then Dean Martin, Comedy Rose. We'll continue our conversation with Bob after this quick time out here on TV Confidential. This portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Grasshopper, the virtual phone system designed for entrepreneurs. Go to trygrasshopper.com forward slash TV Confidential, trygrasshopper.com forward slash TV Confidential, and save $50. On your order. Be part of our conversation. If you like what you hear, have thoughts on this week's program, or have an idea for a future edition of TV Confidential, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at talk at tvconfidential.net, talk at tvconfidential.net. You can also message us at facebook.com forward slash tvconfidential, x.com forward slash tvconfidential, or at TV Confidential on Instagram. And if you're listening to us on the TV Confidential podcast, please be sure to hit the subscribe button. This portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Front Porch Realty, the community of realtors in the Northern Bay Area of California that is committed to finding the solution that is best for their clients. Whether you're a first-time home buyer or looking to sell or lease your property in Northern California, call Karen Strain at 415-886-7411. Or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com for more information on how they can help you.